your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 638 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we are T-minus, let's see, about 12 hours away from the start of free agency. Always a very, very exciting time here. I know a lot of Ranger fans, a lot of hockey fans in general going to have a hard time falling asleep tonight because uh, there's going to be just absolute madness starting at noon Eastern time on Wednesday. It's always, uh, you know, one of the most exciting days on the NHL calendar, and this season figures to be no different. And what I'm going to do today, this is the final episode we're going to do before the start of free agency. And so I thought what we could do, as we did in our last episode, we're going to target even more unrestricted free agents that the Rangers could potentially look to target when all the craziness starts to happen at noon on Wednesday. And we're going to begin with somebody who, frankly, I don't think there's any way possible that the Rangers are going to be able to sign him, but there are enough Ranger fans talking about him and seemingly looking for a way to make this happen, you know, whether it involves the Rangers shedding some cap space somewhere else or whatever it might be. But a lot of Ranger fans are hopeful that the Rangers can land Nazem Kadri tomorrow, 31-year-old center with the Colorado Avalanche, one of the most coveted free agents on the market. And believe it or not, there's actually a decent amount of reputable NHL analysts who seem to think the Rangers are in on Kadri as well. I don't see how that would possibly work. I mean, you're talking about somebody who is projected to make, I think they were saying about $9 million per season. And the Rangers right now, it sounds like they're going to be somewhere in like the four, four and a half million dollar range when it comes to signing a center because you got to figure they're going to sign some center at some point during tomorrow's sweepstakes. I just don't think it's going to be somebody as expensive as Nazem Kadri. But we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at it. The big picture here going to turn 32 years old this October. He played parts of 10 seasons with the Leafs and then three seasons with the Colorado Avalanche. And again, by most accounts, somebody that's going to really cash in uh, when free agency begins here. One of the, the top names available right up there with you know Johnny Gaudreau, Patrice Bergeron, all the big names that are going to be available tomorrow. And the reason or part of the reason why he's so coveted is based largely on what he did this past season. Just had a career year across the board, uh, 71 games with the Colorado Avalanche. He scored 28 goals. That was the third most of his career. He had 59 assists, by far a career high in the Apples department. His previous career high was just 30, and that happened all the way back in 2013-2014. He was also a plus 13 this past season. He had 29 points on the power play, 150% of his draws, and just under 50% for his career as far as faceoff success is concerned. And then in the playoffs this past year, 16 games, 7 goals, 8 assists. So nearly a point per game during the Avalanche Stanley Cup playoff run. And for his career, 52 playoff games, 19 goals, 25 assists. So 
44 points in 52 career Stanley Cup playoff games. And for his career in the regular season, 739 games, 219 goals, 293 assists, 512 points, and he is a minus 13. So, I mean, Kadri is somebody that, you know, if he had like kind of just a good season last year, or he played around the same level as he had for most of his career, he'd still be one of the top, you know, at least 15 or top 10 free agents available, and certainly he'd be somebody that's coveted. But by that same token, uh, Kadri really, really improved his stock this past season. And I think something that must be kept in mind if you're a general manager in the NHL, whether it's Chris Jury or anybody else, it's the idea that this could have been somewhat of a fluke and the fact that Kadri might have been benefiting from playing on such a star-studded Colorado Avalanche team. But bottom line, somebody tomorrow, it certainly seems like, is going to give Nazem Kadri top dollar. I don't think it'll be the Rangers, but whoever it is, I got to say, I think the buyers should beware at least a little bit because Kadri is going to be getting paid once again largely due to what he did last season and not so much for the player he's been throughout his entire career. And he's been a good player, do not get me wrong there, but he hasn't performed at the level that we saw last season. And now that he's into his early 30s, he'll be 32 in October, fair to wonder if he'll ever have a season quite like the one that he just had. Uh, but as far as, you know, the contract that he's coming off of, he is coming off of a six-year contract that paid him a total of $27 million, so an average annual value of just $4.5 million per season. He will obviously see a pay increase uh, sometime tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon. You know, somebody's going to sign him, and uh, they're going to make him a very rich man, even richer than he already is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, as far as the Rangers are concerned, the only way I can see how this is even, like, literally possible, you know, based on the Rangers' cap, space situation, the Rangers will have to clear some significant cap space and they're running out of time to do it. Unless they strike some kind of blockbuster trade at the zero hour here, I don't see how this is possibly going to happen. And if they were prepared to make a run at Nazem Kadri, I would imagine that Patrick Nemeth would no longer be on the New York Rangers. Now, it's possible that Chris Drury trades him later tonight, and again, it's Tuesday night as I'm recording this, so it's possible that Nemeth gets traded later tonight. Uh, the buyout window is over, though, so they're not going to be buying him out. It's also possible he gets traded at some point uh, Wednesday morning, that frees up at least a little bit of space. You know, Nemeth carries a $2.5 million contract. But beyond that, you're going to need to create even more cap space. And the only other way that I can even see how this is remotely possible, you would probably have to trade Jacob Truba. Now, hold on, because I know Truba, very polarizing New York Ranger. He has his supporters, he has his naysayers, and he also has an $8 million annual cap hit. And he also has a full no-move clause. And by no means am I sitting here saying that the Rangers should try to convince Jacob Truba to waive his no-move clause and then push him out the door. I like Truba. I think he brings a lot of good things to the New York Rangers, and I don't see this happening. I mean, first of all, the idea of striking a trade that quickly and getting Truba to waive his no-move clause, I guess never say never. You never for sure know what's going on behind closed doors, but I don't think there's any way that this happens. We don't even have any indications that Jacob Truba would even be willing to consider waiving his no-move clause. And beyond that, as far as freeing up cap space, I mean, Ryan Lindgren's got a $3 million contract. Do you trade him? I mean, I would not want to do that at all. I think Ryan Lindgren is a steal at $3 million. I just don't see a way, any way possible, for the Rangers to open up, open up excuse me, enough cap space to uh, sign somebody like Nazem Kadri for the average annual value that he is certainly going to command uh, when free agency happens. If the Rangers somehow land Nazem Kadri, 
hey, I'll be the, I'll love it. I mean, he's a great player. I'll be the first to stand up and say I was wrong. But like I said, it truly does not seem possible to me unless you just shed a crazy amount of salary cap space in the next 12 hours here. And I'm not so sure I would want to do that either because it would probably mean uh, losing some pretty valuable players as well. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my two cents on Kadri. I'm sure he's going to get a big contract. I would bet just about anything that it will not be from the New York Rangers. We are going to go ahead and continue talking about some other players that I think could potentially be targets for the New York Rangers, including Mason Marchment. We'll start with him next, and we'll get into some other players as well. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so in yesterday's episode, we did pretty much the same thing that we're doing today, just kind of took a look at different unrestricted free agents and discuss whether there could be a fit with the New York Rangers. And one thing that I did in yesterday's episode was I identified a value pick, and that was Ilya Mikheyev from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you want to hear my thoughts on Mr. Mikheyev, you can go ahead and listen to yesterday's episode. But I wanted to do the same thing today in terms of identifying somebody that I think might end up being a little bit undervalued, a little bit of a value uh, selection or you know target, whatever you want to call it, on the free agent market this season. That would be 27-year-old left and right winger Mason Marchman of the Florida Panthers. And Marchman, you know, he was undrafted, six foot four, 209 pounds. Obviously, he's already beaten the odds simply by making it to the NHL. Not an easy thing to do when you go undrafted. But, you know, this past season really broke out with the Florida Panthers. It was his third season in the NHL. His first season, he played just four games with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then two years ago, he played in 33 games with the Panthers. And in those 47 games combined in his first two seasons, he scored just two goals and had nine assists. So an undrafted player not really doing anything to, you know, get any attention on him or make you think that he's anything special. Um, you know, not to be harsh, but that's just the reality of it. The guy had uh, 11 points in 37 games. And then this past year, I mean, one of the most out-of-nowhere surprise seasons probably in the entire league last year, ends up skating in 54 games with the Florida Panthers. He scored 18 goals and picked up 29 assists for a total of 47 points in 54 games. So again, just an out-of-nowhere breakout season. He goes from someone you've barely heard of to nearly a point-per-game player. That's quite the jump. Uh, he was also a plus 29 last season, put 121 shots on goal, had 114 hits and nine block shots. And I know there's going to be some Ranger fans that are hearing this and you hear that he's a winger and it's like, oh man, you should be focusing on center. I would agree. I do think that's where the Rangers have their biggest need is at center. But if they can't find a center that 
they could get at a price that they are comfortable with, I think it would be fine to take a look at a right winger during tomorrow's free agency as well. The Rangers aren't quite as deep at right wing as a lot of people seem to think they are, at least in my very humble opinion. Uh, We've talked about this in the past. There's guys that have potential, but there's also a lot of question marks when it comes to right wing for the New York Rangers. So with all that said, I think Marchment is worth a look. You know, if you figure that the Rangers are going to go into next season and the kid line is basically just going to go from being the third line to being the second line, I mean, that's cool with me. That works for me. Those those kids obviously uh, played very well in the playoffs last season. We had the untimely benching of Capo Caco for game six. But beyond that, I mean, they definitely exceeded expectations and really seemingly came into their own. So if you want to roll with them as your second line, that's totally cool. But then you're going to have to fill out the third line. And I think Marchman is somebody who could do just that. And I think that's especially true if Vitaly Krasov ends up getting traded before the season starts, which, again, as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, I think is a pretty distinct possibility. I would put it at like 55-60% that Krasov ends up getting traded before opening night next year. Now, with Marchman, there is some risk of him being a one-year wonder, but it could be a risk that's worth taking if he indeed proves not to be too expensive, whether you're the Rangers or anybody else. And as far as what he made last year, very inexpensive player, as you would expect for somebody that was, again, undrafted and put up very anemic numbers in his first two NHL seasons. He signed a one-year $800,000 contract. So he was only making 50 k more than the league minimum. And then he ends up being, like I said, nearly a point-per-game player. Uh, you know, as far as what he would be this year, I mean, he's unproven, that's for sure. He only has the one really good season under his belt. Do you think maybe he could be had for like one year and $2 million or two years, $2 million per season? I mean, that has the potential to be a serious steal. And it's another situation where if Frank Vetrano leaves in free agency, which is becoming more and more likely basically by the minute here, uh, then maybe you look to his former teammate here as someone that can at least somewhat fill the void left by Frank Vetrano, and you do it at a lesser cost as well. Marchman's going to have a very intriguing market. Going to be very, very interested to see who takes a chance on him after his breakout season and what the offer will be. Because again, you could end up with the steal of the free agency class, or you could end up with somebody who never really plays all that well ever again and basically just goes down as a one-year wonder. So there is some risk involved, but considering the fact that the Rangers can't really spend on you know the high-priced free agents anyway, I think, again, this is somebody that could be worth a look, could be worth taking that little bit of a gamble uh, that he was for real last season, that he can put up similar numbers with the New York Rangers. So we'll see. Obviously, this is someone you're not going to see on any top 10 free agent lists or even top 20 free agent lists, but he could be something of a steal for the team that picks him up. That's pretty much the long and short of it. And again, somebody that I think the Rangers should at least look into a little bit. And we're going to keep this thing rolling in just a second here. Going to continue talking about some other unrestricted free agents. We're going to actually talk about a couple of defensemen. I don't think the Rangers are going to be too active looking for blue liners, but there's three that I've kind of ID'd here as maybe guys that could be added a really small contract that the Rangers just want to add a depth piece. I don't want to completely neglect the defenseman position, you know, throughout this entire process here. So uh, we'll do that. We'll also take a look at a couple other backup goalie options and a couple more centers as well. We're going to do all that in just a second. But first, so let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, so as I mentioned just a second ago, I really can't see the Rangers being that active as far as uh, you know bringing in defensemen tomorrow. They seem pretty well set on their blue line. The top five spots seem to be completely set in stone and spoken for between you know Fox, Lindgren, Miller, Truba, and Schneider. You know, barring a trade or anything completely unforeseen there, so it's a situation where they'll probably give the sixth spot to one of the kids and just kind of roll like that. It's very possible the Rangers don't bring in any defensemen, but like I said, I wanted to kind of look at, you know, the bargain bin, quote-unquote, here and just kind of look for an inexpensive veteran defenseman in the event that the Rangers decide that they want to add uh, just one more depth piece to the blue line. And there's one name that I'm about to say here. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Here we go. Mark Stahl. Now, hang on. Stahl, you know, obviously it didn't work out at the end of his Ranger career, the way that you would want it to work out. At times, he was a very, very good defenseman for this team. And going into his last year, the Rangers had to basically bribe the Red Wings. I mean, they did bribe the Red Wings. They gave them a second-round pick to just take Mark Stahl off of their hands. It's something that they could eventually still look to do with Patrick Nemeth as well. But Stahl was shipped to Detroit along with a second-round pick two years ago. And then his contract runs out, and he actually re-ups with Detroit for $2 million on a one-year deal. Now he's a UFA again. If he comes in very cheap, it could be at least possible. You know, Mark Stahl wants to return home to where it all began for him and where he played so many seasons and had all these deep playoff runs and maybe chase the Stanley Cup one more time as a member of the New York Rangers. Uh, last season, 71 games, three goals, and 13 assists. Uh, he made $2 million last season. That's too much at this point. I would not go to $2 million with Mark Stahl, especially uh, given the Rangers' current cap crunch. He's also 35 years old. And I'll be honest here, guys, even though I kind of brought his name into the equation here, I'm probably not really feeling this move. I mean, it's an option. It's out there. But I just feel like at this point, you had to bribe somebody to take him away from you two years ago. And now he's even older. He's 35 years old. I don't know how well that's going to work out, uh, Mark Stahl being back with the New York Rangers next season. But again, we're looking at kind of bargain bin options as far as defensemen are concerned. And I figure we'd at least uh, give kind of an honorable mention here to our old friend Mark Stahl. Another option would be 31-year-old Jan Ruda from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Something that I like about Ruda, he can play the left side or the right side. Uh, last season, he played in 76 games, three goals, and 15 assists. He made just $1.35 million last year. And if Nemeth is out of the way, if he gets traded or whatever it might be, bought out, or no, he can't be bought out anymore, but if he gets traded or buried in the AHL, however the Rangers look to handle this, and if you're looking for you know a cheap one-year stopgap, then maybe Jan Ruda is worth a look. He is now a two-time Stanley Cup champion. That's always nice to have a few cup winners on your team. And uh, just a reliable, if unspectacular, bottom pair defenseman. So he's somebody that the Rangers uh, could at least look into. And then to really, really dive into the bargain bin, I'll also throw out one more name here as far as defensemen are concerned. That would be 34-year-old Jordy Ben. Uh, he, too, can play right or left side, so it's nice to have that versatility, that flexibility. He played in 39 games with the Wild last season, one goal and seven assists. He was a plus one in that time. Uh, this guy has really bounced around the league, especially the last four or five years here, but a veteran who's had 
an okay career. And once again, if Nemeth is out of the picture and you're the Rangers and you want a one-year veteran stopgap defenseman, Jordy Ben could be an option. But like I said, I don't think any of this is necessary. I want to at least do my due diligence as it pertains to unrestricted free agent defensemen. But by that same token, it's not necessary. I feel like the Rangers with that sixth defenseman spot, you can throw uh, Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist or Matthew Robertson into that spot, and you'll probably get uh, some pretty good hockey. You could throw Libor Hayek into that spot. I'm not even sure any of these guys that I just mentioned would be a significant upgrade on Libor Hayek or even an upgrade at all. So uh, again, wanted to shout out a couple defensemen real quick here, but not really looking for the Rangers to do anything significant uh, as it pertains to their blue line tomorrow. I did want to also shift our attention to backup goalie. In our last episode, we talked about Yaroslav Halak. Uh, This one that I'm going to throw out here real quick is unlikely, and I'll explain why in a second. But I can't help but look at Ilya Samsonov, formerly of the Washington Capitals. He surprisingly was not issued a qualifying offer from the Washington Capitals, despite being only 25 years old and despite the fact that the Capitals picked him number 22 overall in the first round back in 2015. Now, he did scuffle a little bit last season, had a solid record at 23, 12, and 5, but he had a 302 goals against average and an 896 save percentage to go along with three shutouts. But his other two seasons with the Capitals, and again, this is somebody that's only three years into his NHL career, his other two seasons with the Capitals, he had significantly better numbers, a 269 goals against average and a 255 goals against average in descending order, and then with save percentage 902 two years ago and 913 his rookie season. These are not sparkling off-the-chart numbers, but I'm pretty surprised that somebody with his resume, who is a former first-round pick, would basically just be cut loose by the very team that drafted him in the first round. I'm not sure why the Capitals did that. I feel like uh, maybe they just think that they need a shakeup in their goalie room. They don't have like any goalies on their roster right now. Vidic Vanacek was uh, traded as well, so uh, that's a situation to keep your eye on, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll end up being Samsonov because I think a lot of teams around the NHL probably realize what I just said, and that's that it didn't really make any sense for the Capitals to just cut him loose like this. And I think that somebody around the league is going to give Samsonov uh, a better contract than certainly the Rangers would be able to. So I think a more realistic target to once again just kind of look at the different UFAs would be 29-year-old David Riddick of the Nashville Predators. He really struggled this past season. Uh, 17 games, a record of 6-3, and three, but a 357 goals against average and 886 save percentage. For his career, not the best numbers either. His goals against average is 290. Uh, he has played with the Flames, Leafs, and Predators. He also has a career save percentage of 905. Again, these are not great numbers at all. But you got to go somewhat cheap at backup goalie if you're the Rangers. And uh, Riddick is coming off of a one-year, $1.25 million deal. You could probably get him for even cheaper than that based on the season he just had last year with the Nashville Predators. There's times where you know he's been serviceable. There was a couple of years there where he was kind of in a timeshare with the Calgary Flames. I think at this point, teams are probably only looking at him as a backup. But, you know, if he comes to the Rangers, he's obviously got a good team around him. And there's probably worse options than David Riddick. I mean, again, it's hard to get excited about a name like that. But, you know, you got to save money where you can if you're the Rangers. And backup goalie is certainly one of those spots. And I can't imagine that David Riddick is going to cost much more than like $1.1 million or so. Uh, One honorable mention that I'll throw out there is uh, maybe Martin Jones, who played for the Flyers last season. He's an option. He got off to a nice start with the Sharks in his career and has fallen on hard times recently, but I suppose he could at least be an option. I will say, of everybody that I've mentioned, I think Yaroslav Halak is still my favorite. But again, if you're the Rangers, you probably can't spend more than like a million, 1.1 million, 1.2 million, and I'm not sure if Yaroslav Halak 
would come in at that price. He might get just a little bit more than that. So uh, I'd like to have Halak, but only if the price is right for the New York Rangers. I also want to throw out another center that could be a possibility for the Rangers because that's, again, where the biggest need seems to be for this team. So Ryan Strom, he might very well be out of the Ranger price range. We'll see what happens there. There was actually a report that Andrew Kopp has basically confirmed to not come back with the New York Rangers. Apparently, they were talking over the weekend, but they just couldn't really make any real uh, headway as far as a new contract is concerned. So Kopp might be gone. Haven't really heard a whole lot about Ryan Strom. It seems like he's probably gone as well. But if he is out of the Ranger price range, his brother Dylan Strom might not be. Now, Dylan Strom, I got to be careful here which one I'm talking about. Dylan Strom actually did not get a qualifying offer from the Blackhawks, who continue their offseason plan to just blatantly tank in order to get a high draft pick in the 2023 draft, which by all accounts has a stacked class. But yeah, you know, Dylan Strom, decent production last season, uh, 22 goals and 26 assists for 48 points in 69 games. And it's funny because I actually mentioned Dylan Strom as a possible trade target going into the deadline this past year for the Rangers. Obviously, that did not happen, but he is now an unrestricted free agent. It would be a little bit odd to see Ryan Strom replaced with his younger brother. Might even be a little bit awkward for the two of them, but you know what? This is a business, right? That's just how it goes, and uh, Ryan Strom might be just a little bit too expensive for the New York Rangers. As for Dylan... He's had a little bit of a weird career arc. You know, he was drafted number three overall by the Coyotes. Didn't do anything for them in three seasons. I mean, just completely anemic numbers. He goes to the Blackhawks and is given steady third-line production numbers. I realize when you draft somebody number three overall, you're expecting more than that, but he's at least been a serviceable depth piece for the Blackhawks. Uh, his best season was his first in Chicago, 2018-2019. He had 51 points in 58 games then. And as we mentioned last year, 48 points in 69 games. He was also a minus six, which isn't terrible when you consider how bad the Blackhawks were. And he also has a 52% success rate on the dot last season. So to me, Dylan Strome becomes an option as far as an inexpensive third-line center is concerned. This is what you do if you know, the top centers are just out of the range or price range or, you know, they don't want to reach for somebody and overpay somebody. Dylan Strom, I think, becomes an option at that point. He is coming off of a two-year deal worth $3 million per season. So probably something in that same ballpark is to be expected, you know, two years and $3 million. I, I think that would be about right. Uh, you could give him two years. And if you're the Rangers, hope maybe that somebody is ready to take over by the time that his contract runs out. And you see Dylan Strom is a little bit of a stopgap option. Uh, the only problem there is that most Ranger prospects, just plain and simple, do not play center. But, you know, again, keeping the focus on Dylan Strom here, we'll talk about prospects on a different day. I think he's definitely an option, once again, if the Rangers are unable to land one of the bigger names as far as centers are concerned. And as far as other inexpensive centers are concerned, I do want to give a quick honorable mention here to our old buddy, Derek Stepan. Now, Stepan is 32 at this point, and he is an unrestricted free agent after playing for the Canes this past season. As much as I want to see a fit here, I don't. I mean, I feel bad for Stepan, but uh, his game has fallen off so much over the last few years. And, you know, if you pick him up, I mean, could you plug him on into the fourth line? Maybe, but he's not really a fourth line type player. And you've already got fourth line type players like Blay and, you know, Rooney if he's back. Gustav Riedel could be there. Barclay Goodrow could play the fourth line. Ryan Reeves could play the fourth line. So I don't really see him slotting in on the fourth line on the Rangers. And where his play has been over the past few years, I don't think you'd want him in your top nine. I mean, you need somebody that can produce some offense, and Stepan just hasn't been able to do that. I wish Stepan all the best. And, 
you know, maybe, hey, look, if the Rangers really miss out and they're looking to save some serious money, then bring in Derek Stepan, one year, $1 million. I mean, why not? At that point, it doesn't really cost you anything, but it could block the path to playing time for some New York Ranger prospects as well. So I can't really get on board as much as I like Derek Stepan and as much as I'll never forget that Game 7 game winner against the Washington Capitals in overtime. Can't really get on board with this idea, even though I just floated it out there. Uh, I also want to give an honorable mention to Zach Aston Reese. Uh, he's not a center, mostly plays left wing, but he is someone that can give you some hard-nosed hockey while playing some fourth-line minutes. He made just $1.725 million last season on a one-year deal, and so if the Rangers wanted to bring him in to maybe run out the fourth line, I mean, again, they do have a lot of uh, fourth-line type players, but Aston Reese, I mean, he's, he's a big-time, you know, bottom six forward who I don't think would really cost you that much. So, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I wanted to target as many UFAs as we possibly could in the 30 minutes here today. I do, while we have some time, also want to mention that two former Rangers were not given qualifying offers by their respective teams. I wanted to talk about this in yesterday's episode. We just didn't have time. Uh, Brandon Lemieux did not get a qualifying offer from the Kings, and Brett Howden did not get a qualifying offer from the Knights. I would not hold my breath as far as a Ranger reunion is concerned with either one of these guys. Uh, Lemieux, you know, for his antics, I don't think that would really fly with Gerard Gallant. It didn't really fly with David Quinn either. I mean, honestly, I got a kick out of it at times. He was kind of known as Sean Avery Light for the New York Rangers. Uh, but with that said, I, I can't really get on board with bringing him back. And Brett Howden, I don't think I really have to elaborate on the reasons why. He just wasn't really uh, that good for the New York Rangers. And like I said, their fourth line uh, looks pretty good. And Brett Howden might not even crack the lineup on most nights. That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. Definitely looking forward to the free agent frenzy madness on Wednesday. There's a chance we might actually be going live with Lockdown New York Rangers a little bit after, uh, you know, the free agency uh, window opens. We'll be live on YouTube, or if not, we'll just do a normal episode, and we'll have that up later in the day for you guys. But either way, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to Lockdown New York Rangers. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.